welcome to the second edition of Semi-Intelligence. I'm joined by Matt Cavanagh, Michael Bauer, Adrian Boyd, Ruth Bonzer, Carl Spencer, and John Port. Uh, my name is Arun, and I am your host, I think. Um, okay, so in this episode we'll be talking about cloning and all the moral and legal repercussions on what that implies. So let's get started. John? I want to jump right ahead now. Already. Yeah, uh, okay, go on. What excites me about it is the idea that, well, first, we're talking about teleporting, right? And if you teleport, there's the idea that you could leave like your body behind and there's like a dead body there and you're I, a whole new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've thought of that problem as well. It's yeah. like, do you sort of keep your same consciousness or do you, yeah. do you technically die and come back? Or Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the thing that I kind of think could be cool with cloning is you could leave like clones around the place mm. and you could just transfer your consciousness into a new clone right? mm. and then uh, I don't know what happens to your old one we just have to <laughs> have you have you seen the prestige yeah I yeah. like that okay. so you're thinking cloning is purely the physical aspects of cloned but all yeah, the psychological, to, mental aspects would be... We need to sort of grow husks. Not cloned. <laughs> yeah. Like that movie with um, Scarlett Johansson, where they've got the clones... The island. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah, yeah for, and they're for yeah. replacement Body parts. parts. Yeah, so that's a little bit different because the um, the clones in the island, they, they were born fully conscious and they were fed a lie to keep them uh, compliant. All right? Because they're like... Um, but like um, I guess what can John... we have a like one sentence summary of what the oh okay was, so, the, so the island um, spoilers it's an old movie um, but um, the the idea was um, that they um, if they I were, can mm-hmm. if you if you need I can say it or oh uh, I was about to get to it <laughs> sorry <laughs> but so the, so at the beginning of the movie you're led to believe that the world has been like um, ruined. And there's only one place left called the island that's viable. So, like, you're in sort of a safety colony, um, and um, they have all the they have this lottery, and um, like it's always seen uh, every day. Oh, these people have won the prize to go to the island. Um, but later on, it turns out that uh, winning um, winning that island uh, prize just means uh, you don't go to the island. You go to an operating room, and um, you get killed, and your body parts go to the original host that created you. So, um, and the, the whole story is about, um, well, th- that was the best part of the story. So, sorry for any spoilers. Um, <laughs> but um, you, I don't think you intend to watch the movie anyway. Um, but yeah, so, um, so um, Obi Wan Kenobi and, um, um, and um, Black Widow, they, <laughs> they, they escape. Uh, and um, yeah, and they become, yeah, they escape. They were still clones. Um, they're being chased by their original hosts because. Like, you know, they were sort of rich people, actors, and you know, maybe they contracted cancer or something like that, and they need a critical body part from their clone to to um, uh, to replace their own body parts. Which kind of leads to um, that uh, uh, Carl's earlier question of um, what sort of rights do these things have? You know, um, if, uh, what do you mean these things? Oh, no, <laughs> what, what what sort of rights would clones have? I, I'm, 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 I mean, I feel like when you say what sort of rights to something that looks and acts and is in yes, yes. biological sense a person is going to be on some level, they'll be a person. Yeah. They'll be treated with the rights of any human being. But yeah. it becomes complex if you're mm. talking about two people who are the same person. They're not this. I don't think they're the same person though. They may share the same DNA and they may look the same. And um, but if you well, share the same DNA, what are your rights? Even in something like a will. I, I, I mean, I think it'll be completely. Been... They're not really the same person though, because mm-hmm. um, the original person, um, maybe like the the, um, the donor, they they'd have all these experiences. They have a certain identity. Um, that other person, they basically. Um, I mean, the clone, for example, they may just share um, the DNA, but like the. They'd be a completely different individual but as well. But just sharing DNA gives you certain implicit mm-hmm. rights, such as you have the right to claim the same parents, don't you? Because DNA-wise, they're the same parents. Mm, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, um, like, unless you're the twins. Um, yeah. But um, I guess the, the, the point that I was trying to get to was um, they... Um, like, uh, co- the clone, like, if we did get to the point, 
um, of cloning things properly and they don't turn out like mutants and stuff like that, um, they, they, they're still sentient beings, so they should still be afforded the same kind of rights as everyone else. But like legally, in terms of, um, you know, they're completely different entities. Like, for example, if that original clone was married to someone, I mean, the original person, uh, the original uh, host was married to someone, the clone wouldn't automatically be married to that person either. But, um, yeah. I think, um, I think they should be. Are we talking about clones that have the same memory capabilities from the time when they were cloned, or are we talking about a new clean slate type? So of I think now's a good point to clarify what cloning actually refers to. Ah, yes. So I think there's the aspect of cloning, as in you know twins. They're essentially mm. clones. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also the aspect of cloning, which sort of refers back to John's original statement of, I guess, atom for atom. If you replicate that, is that a clone? But they also have the same DNA if they're atom for atom too, right? Uh, that's another question. Well, they would have the same memories. If it's atom for atom, yeah. they would have the same memories. And I think that's what I was going to say. Yeah. With your original one, you were saying there'd be the two bodies, but the consciousness would move from one to the other. But if you're doing a teleportation-style yeah. uh, cloning of recreate every single atom, then they have all the same psychology and mentality. And mm. Yeah, they would be exactly the same person. But they would immediately start to diverge... Yeah. Mm. Um, from that point it's kind of like that yeah. episode in Star Trek where Riker's um, beaming thing got bounced back to the thing and like um, there were two of them uh, yeah there were two of them so like one sort of came back to the, the Enterprise worst nightmare of cleaning yes yes but this is oh, an interesting really question because like <laughs> I, I remember this conversation with Arun and um, uh, so we were sitting up at Press Cafe and then um, uh, like we were talking about it what if um, a complete copy of you just appeared just down there um, on in the walk path and um, or, or, like I I had the same same kind of um, inclinations as you guys it would be exactly the same person but um, you said um, you said something else so if, if if the replica was atom for atom uh, would that be would it have the same level of same consciousness and same memories we don't necessarily know but we're assuming that that's likely to be the case. I don't know. So, so, so basically, um, your your argument is um, consciousness doesn't necessarily doesn't really come from like the atomic structures of our brains. There's it, it's it comes from somewhere else. Like it's mm. maybe there's an aspect of that, but it goes beyond that. I must say, if you if you talk medically about creating cell by cell and putting together the same person, I wouldn't have the expectation of the same memories and such forth so there's there's some mm. there's some point in the grey area of we don't do it yet between somebody who has skin grafts and organ transplants and even a brain transplant all mm. made by replicating cells in some future time when we can do this and I wouldn't automatically expect that person to be able to have had all the same experiences because I don't Maybe I just don't actually believe they'd make a perfect replication. They'd make something mm. that would depend on the body's own ability to heal and grow itself, and therefore it wouldn't actually be exactly the same. Whereas John's just instantaneous, everything is exactly copied by some future magic machine, somehow seems like it would be... My, my kind of leaning for that is it's an alternative to, to teleportation and stuff. Mm. So you have the body already there waiting for you, grown and everything. Oh. It's a way of like trans- transporting yourself very quickly. It's, it's more of a... Uh, you're transferring your consciousness from different shells to another. Yeah. So but that shell is identical to some other yeah. shell. Yeah. But, so, so we're talking but back onto sort of red dwarf back to reality stuff. <laughs> I mean, your body, your body replaces its cells yeah. as mm. it is already. Yeah. So, mm. you know... Over the course of your life, you make you replace every cell in your body. Does mm. so that mean you're a different person it's every, like every seven, seven years? years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, do you retain the same consciousness throughout that period of time as well? Or are you not the same I would person say you were? Seven to years add ago? to that, another level of the same question from a different perspective is: your own memories are constantly changing based on the experience you've had since then. So you think of a memory of some event as being somehow static, when in fact the very memory you have of it is heavily influenced by everything you've experienced yeah, since. Absolutely, and your mood so, at that particular time, um, conversations you've had around it, 
what you want it to be. And All everyone can think of somebody yeah. they know who's become close friends with another person who's completely influenced their outlook or personality or behaviour or, or hobbies or, you know, people change both psychologically and physically from your self. What's interesting to think about is suppose you do have a perfect replica and from that point onwards they're exposed to similar surroundings and would they tend to evolve in that sort of vain because they're mm. exposed to similar surroundings. Well, all so the identical they... twins would suddenly get a break from the endless psychology experiments. <laughs> <laughs> from the point that you're situated at a different point in the world, so say mm. if I were to suddenly miraculously have a clone spawn out from me here and sit right next to me to my right, mm. that clone is in a different position in the north and therefore has a slightly different perspective. Mm. So from then on, the influence is going to be slightly different over mm-hmm. time. Mm. Maybe minimal, but from that point onwards, mm. there's a differentiation. Mm-hmm. But that's why I qualified it with similar things. Not you can't have a clone inside yourself. You know what I mean? There's so inevitable changes, though, because as Matt was saying, mm. the clone isn't married to your partner or dating or mm. whatever. They're not actually your parent's child, in as much as you're your parent's child. They're mm. the other child that they now suddenly have. Mm. So it's inevitable that they have to experience it differently. They they can't. There is no possible way for them to have the same exact experiences mm. as you. Yeah. Though it's interesting with twins, how a lot of them, even raised on other sides of the country, will have very similar habits and expressions and things like that. So, as a scientist, which everybody in this room is a scientist. Don't you just really want to get a, like a little batch of clones and experiments <laughs> on how this actually proves yeah. nature mm. and nurture? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Break some of their legs, don't break them. <laughs> 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 yeah, what if they... <laughs> My ethical mind is just screaming right now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, is that GP really as good as that GP? Let's do the same thing with the yeah. two clients and send them off. Try and get that for an ethics committee. <laughs> Well, maybe These committees uh, are much less fussy on humans than on mice, apparently, based on my experience. <laughs> I guess on the medical aspect, there's an interesting turn of events where if you if parents have a child and that child is suddenly cloned, do the parents then have two children? Well, this is I, what I, don't I was saying. From a DNA framework. perspective, yeah. they do yeah. because what what is you know from a biological perspective that person mm. is someone's child because they have DNA made up of the combination of those two people mm-hmm. as it is other things more functionally like did you actually give birth to them well people use surrogacy yeah. and don't mm. actually give mm. doesn't make it not their child that's true and did you actually biologically produce them well people use IVF so it's not necessarily mm. anything other than simply the joining of the egg and the sperm that makes it Mm-hmm. biologically their child so I think it would be a hard call to say that because this person has been cloned even though their DNA proves that they're this person's child they're not mm-hmm. I think that would be very hard to, to to legally get through I think you you would have a very solid legal basis to say this is that person's child so I'm, I guess I'm thinking for nefarious purposes more than anything else if you cloned someone else's child does that mean that they suddenly have two kids that they have to take care of? Yeah, um, and be financially responsible for. Well, I think I think the meaning would change completely. I think that's just another person who is biologically related, and some some relationship yeah. is there. But no, I don't think that necessarily makes the child. I think know, it would be the same the as a sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Similar. But also legal repercussions, like having the same sort of fingerprint. What if one commits a crime? Mm-hmm. And, like, there will be that coming up. Um, bringing, going back to, actually, the island, there was a time when um, both the clone and the donor were fighting over um, why the donor wanted his clone to die so that he, he doesn't yeah, die from his disease. Yeah. Um, the police, that were, well, not really police, but the agents that were trying to catch them couldn't tell which one was actually them and end up killing the wrong guy Mm. Um, some of these issues surely such as you know if somebody commits a crime surely identical twins would have some of this stuff covered like how do you determine the identity of someone if they have an identical twin now 
to determine which one committed a crime or didn't? Do they have the same fingerprints? There are some things that you can do. Um, for instance, if they've been in different locations, then they might have different traits in their blood from the environment around. Um, so small environmental factors that change them can make subtle differences, but it makes it a lot harder, so you can't rely just on fingerprints or anything else like that. Are we assuming then that cloning has no trace effect left behind of, say, telomeres being extra long or whatever it is that maybe in the without past... A, um, without a belly button, maybe. Um, maybe other, any other scars. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. The physical traits that you inherit, does that in, get captured in your DNA? It depends on how you do the replication, I guess. Mm, yeah. But you could always... Um, I suppose for the sake of twin identical twins, how that may be solved in some cases, um, is that... They're identical when they're born, but one can grow up and get a burn on their face and the other one gets a deformed arm from getting it crushed in some car or something. Uh, anything could really happen, but if a clone were to come out from your adult age, it would be diff- more difficult to tell the difference. But th- I-, I do expect there may actually be some sort of scar. Can I take a slight turn on this conversation about sure. rights and what who has the rights over the clone? Given that now we can't actually make a complete and total clone, but we can do some level of mm-hmm. cloning or or using, say, a, a skin graft from one person to another by taking some piece of skin and it, making it grow bigger, at what point do you think morally or legally or whatever people lose the rights over their own DNA because it's been... It's actually come up, hasn't it, in the past few years, quite a bit. I think the most recent thing in the High Court was late last year where there was a medical company that was trying to patent a particular gene yeah, for medical yeah, purposes yeah, or something yeah. like that, and they were granted it. But then it's gotten up into appeals into the High Court, and the High Court has said you can't patent a gene because it's not something that they've created. They could um, patent a way around the extraction of that particular one if it's a unique fashion. This is my understanding, but I could be wrong. I'm happy to be disproven by Google or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, the gene itself is the right of the person because they have it, they own it. So if you donate an organ to someone, is it still your organ? even if they're living from it. <laughs> I think your son is the right. Back. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering, because uh, I think this sort of stuff would be relevant in cloning. But oh. Or like a pacemaker, or like a cochlear ear implant or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about two different things, though, like um, actual property and intellectual property. So, like, the, the fact, um, like, patenting a DNA sequence or, like, um, you know, some sequence of zeros and ones for code or something, that's... Um, that's natural because I come from a software um, background um, but like if if someone's got a lung and like or like uh, you know if you've got a kidney and you donate it to someone and you've given that kidney away even though it's got your um, even though it's got your IP <laughs> okay but uh, what about uh, if, so if you give it to your brother because he needs it that's one thing but if you give it to your brother and then a cloning process has been used in as part of and so then now every other schmo on the street might have your kidney. So it's a single-use licence, you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, once cloning becomes... I don't see an issue with ...a that. regular, everyday thing... Yeah. ...that's easily accessible, some of this stuff goes from being a one-off situation that you're, you're somehow in control of because you're saying, this is mm. my brother, I don't want him to need a kidney, I'm giving him my kidney, to everybody has my kidney now maybe when it's a kidney you don't mind but what if Mm. it's your eyes Mm. what if it's your ears what if Mm. it's something that you associate Mm. with you Mm. because it's somehow meaningful at what point is it fair that you don't own something that somehow is indefinably Mm. your identity well i guess it would go back to the initial donation you would have to say once i've donated this i no longer own it there would have to be a legal oh, like contract. Just do a tick box that's like, yeah, yeah. Um, single-use license. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want newsletters. But I think people who are desperate, people who are in desperate needs have a whole new low they can go to of selling who then what they are mm. that's a bit disturbing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But well, I think once cloning, you know, say, sort of, you can easily and uh, easily replicate it or achieve it, it, I think it will be like the internet. You can say, I, I'm uploading an image, it's my property, 
you can only use it on this website only once, but once it's up there, anyone can just right click save as. So if you give away your, say you're a supermodel and someone likes your eyes or something and they open source it somehow, illegally, um, I think it could sort of be wild and feral, really. So you have... You know, and how does it impact on things like professional sport? If everybody yeah. can have the same pair of legs. Actually, that's interesting because one thing that sort of came spot. up... <laughs> one thing that sort of came up is um, if, if you can replicate someone, would it be okay for humans to fight animals or animals to fight animals? Because, you know, that one died, doesn't matter. Just make a copy-paste or something. Um, so that, that's, that's an interesting sort of development if it should take place. So, yeah, I found that a pretty interesting thing. Um, I'd, but to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I guess it'll time will tell. I think we're hardwired not to think of people as disposable in general. Mm. Maybe not hardwired. I think uh, our current culture has developed a situation where we yeah. don't naturally think of people as disposable mm-hmm. in this country. Which mm. was very interesting because there were, in the initial conversation that we were having, a lot of people were differentiating, sorry, differentiating people and the clone. So they'd either say mm. the clone the clone, or the yeah. person or the person or yeah. the clone. They weren't referring to the clone as a person and using mm. the same language around those words. Mm. Yeah. Mm. However, that seems to be changing as we're going through the mm. conversation. Mm. Yeah, an interesting point to bring up, and brings it slightly back to maybe sci-fi. Uh, what about your ideas on, say, with the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, using the clones in the warps? Um, is that really morally right to sort of create a clone to send them off as cannon fodder? So yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, and like, um, there were the, there were these excuses that they were somehow less uh, less human because um, yeah, they, were, they, were more, they were more open to, to suggestion, but they still had that human trait of creativity in combat situations. And um, um, I, I think um, like in the, in the series, the Clone Wars series, the clones seem to have their own personalities. They like they're they're, they're their own people. So I think it, I don't think it was ethical at all to, to make those clones and get them to fight but they had no choice because um, you know Emperor could just say execute order 66 and then they'll, they'll do stuff Cause, so there are, there are some parts of them as being there are some parts of them that are like machine like uh, and not independent but at the same time I, th- I don't think it was ethical at all because um, because what they did to the clones was make them make somehow make them compliant there somewhere, um, whereas otherwise they would have just been. You yeah. know, I think they were modified. They even had accelerate to accelerate the growth. So, um, yeah, uh, I know some extended universe things. Um, there were clones that didn't obey Order sixty six. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was less hardwired, but then they had a tendency to just follow orders. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, um, based on reading, they sort of didn't like the. They were, I, I based on my reading, it seemed like they were sort of depressed about it that mm. they didn't have as long to live and they had little to do. They didn't have mm. as long to live. Oh, oh. Well, I, I think um, I, I think that the one thing that we should probably acknowledge. Um, well, this, this is certainly the way I, how I think. Um, like we ourselves, even now as humans, I think we're just very complex biological machines. So. Um, but like, what differentiates us from the light over there and the TV over there mm-hmm. and usually the microphone? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. usually distance. I thought. Oh, distance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're also we're also fully conscious, and like, we can we can suffer, um, we can perceive the world, um, we can get bored, we can be happy, we can be sad, and um, uh, I mean, the fact that we're just complex biological machines doesn't make us any less, and doesn't make uh, those experiences any less valid. So. Um, I would even extend um, this, this this cordon of humanity towards like you know people like Data. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So he's a, he's like an android. He really is a machine machine. But like even though he doesn't have emotions, he aspires to be and human. He still has so experiences. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> so bottom line, you're saying that we should avoid suffering and anything. Yes, that... exactly. And the sacred thing is um, sentience. I think as a, as opposed to just. Um, uh, like the fact that you can be like yeah. race towards yeah. machines with sentience and then just you know, cut that bit back out of them so we can make them do what we want <laughs> yeah that kind of thing <laughs> yeah like if you bred say you breed fighting dogs and these dogs not that I'm condoning or like dog fighting but 
if you breed something or you make something that wants to fight, wants to yeah. be aggressive, mm. is then putting it in a garden with lots of flowers and giving it every comfort it needs, is that not kind of suffering anyway? This yeah, is kind of moving away from point. a clone. But it's like telling a dog not to bark. You're, yeah. it's, it's, if it's yeah, predisposed yeah. to do yeah. something. So it's like the clones in the Clone Wars. I don't think that's suffering. I think that but insisting that something is not allowed to cause some suffering in something else is not an unreasonable request. And it's not a matter of whether putting something aggressive into a garden of flowers is suffering. It's a matter of finding the right method mm. to create a lifestyle where it doesn't need to cause suffering in others. Mm. But I think what yeah. he's referring to is preventing it from expressing its aggression. Even if it wasn't being expressed in other people or animals yeah. or things like that, putting it in an environment that we consider okay mm. might not be okay for its particular genetic makeup. Uh, I think um, th- this uh, the whole. Uh, I think Adrian's point is going to be very clarified. Let's say, let's say you're like, um, I don't know, you were completely straight and you were thrust into a gay bar. What's then, the problem there? Yeah, there's there's, uh, there's no problem there. But like, um, when you're thrust into a gay bar, there are like um, uh, there the are sort of people um, that is not your sexual orientation. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really bad thing. I'm looking forward to the end of this story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but There's nothing when I'm allowed to say. Would you like another spike? Just keep digging. Is that your foot in your mouth? <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? You're, you're like you're getting social advances from uh, from um, like from people that um, you don't necessarily want sexual advances from. Like like you can be friends. So who's suffering can, here? Um, so th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm suffering right now from going into that stupid analogy. But like, let's Can I try and give you a saving point and try and switch it with a similar analogy? Yes, and try and get back to clones. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's say, for instance, sharks. Yes. Um, sharks are built to be speed machines. Now, we're not going to go into the point that they sort of eat other things and like predator or scavenger, that sort of thing, but they need to be able to move around quite a bit in order to be able to survive and then get the amount of water through the gills. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you put them in a tank, it's still water. It's another environment, and we like things in tanks because we like to see them and mm-hmm. and do things with them and so on. But then the shark won't be able to physically function to its full capability because it's constrained and probably can't. I guess no. what I took away from Adrian's point was less... I mean, maybe your point was it's not fair to expect every environment to suit every creature. But what I was... The, the, the second layer that I think was there was... We've created something whose enjoyment comes from causing pain to something else. Yeah. Is it fair to then say, you're not allowed to cause pain to something else, even though that's what we made you to do? Yeah. And what I was responding to say was, I don't think it's fair, even if that's what they want to do, to expect something else to suffer. Yeah, unless... But in the case of, like, Clone Wars or dogs... You've got two sides which are both bred for the same, for the same purpose. So where does that leave you? Yeah. Morally wrong as we do. It's like imposing our morals onto like another species kind of thing. Okay, mm. but my morals is the compass I'm using. I don't have an alternative compass. And if I think that something... If I see two entities and one is causing pain in another... I think that it's not unreasonable for me to say, my morals say, I don't agree with you causing pain in that thing for for the only reason is that that's what you like to do. It's not going to hurt you to stop doing that. It's not going to cause you pain to stop. It's going to cause you some... But, but yeah, you could flip this on its head and say, um, cloning uh, people for pleasure, and so they're getting a enjoyment out of it. I'm sensing Rocky Horror Show. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Um, so it's the same thing. Are we no one's been... gay bar? <laughs> <laughs> we can be, if you like. Um, but like, I don't know, just the idea of creating something for my own purpose is kind of really against the grain for me, I guess. But why is that necessarily wrong? It's, it's a purpose still. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. But, but I think 
I think that there's a lack of respect of the clone if its whole value is in somebody else's intent for it. Is that what you're trying to say? Mm. Mm. So if you're creating a dog whose whole value is to have a fight with another dog, that's not very respectful of that dog's existence, that the only thing it's there for is this one thing that you're going to get entertainment from watching. And if you're making a clone for the same sort of thing, Mm -hmm. it goes back to the island and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess we're talking about... The intent behind mm-hmm. what is another living creature mm-hmm. and what value it deserves to have. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think once it reaches that point of sentience and intelligence, then it no longer becomes something you can just use for a purpose. And mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, what it's about a very the point. cloning of everything but the sentience and intelligence, though? Which uh, is John's yeah, original. Okay. Yeah, this just John's it's original like thing, which is recreate objects. the whole of a person without their, you know, conscious in their brain so, is like, there any moral but are they different to a dead body could someone else then take their identity you have, secu- you have security features <laughs> does something have no <laughs> rights and no no perceived value beyond spare parts if it doesn't have consciousness then I'd, I'd say so yeah. um, because that's how we that's basically how we do things right now like um let, let, let's say like a, uh, an artificial hip, for example. It's not a biological process, but that's essentially the same thing, isn't it? But I think that when it's just a single piece, it's easy not to pay attention to it. Mm, but if it's like a whole... You mean like a whole thing? I'm so saying at what point... Let's say you create an entire human being that's adult-sized exact clone of you but has no brain. Mm. Does it have zero value or rights? Um, I, I think it'd mm. just be a. Sh- I think it'd be a shell. Say it'd it's be like a car or a yeah. fighter jet or a mech. And so ethically, we think that's equal to a car. I think it has value in that you can you can use those parts to maybe repair someone else, but by itself, um, I don't think it would have any rights as such. So if we just replicate your brain and put it in a jar and there's no other parts of you. Does it have rights like a, a Ab- consciousness well, that deserve to be treated if it equal? Has, if it has, because um, that's well, I don't, um, I'm not a biologist at all, but like um, the, the consensus seems to be most of our um, consciousness and processes mm. and our agency is actually like all the way here. So, um, so I think that's what that's that's what I would consider be, to be sacred. Um, like so basically, you know, your personality, uh, your um, your tendencies, your memories, your values. Uh, you know your desires and all that. Um, basically, your soul, uh, whether well, whatever contains that, it's the, sac- the that's what's sacred. Um, so, mm. to take it a slightly further step, let's say we take this clone and we marry it up with some automaton robot skills. So it doesn't have brain. You mean like a a, uh, Are you talking about like a, a, the brain? The clone brain. The brain. Well, think what, like there, was a, there was a recent yeah, yeah. Japanese group who so. made that robot that could do a lot of stuff for um, the nuclear power station. Mm-hmm. It could go yeah. in and open a door and yeah. go over rocky stuff. And it was the idea was you could send something disposable in to stop uh, a meltdown. What if we have a cloned body and we put the equivalent skills of this robot into it? Mm-hmm. It still has no rights. We still think it's not it's not conscious. Therefore, it's as much as a tool, yeah, it's, so. it's a robot that I does the so. same thing. It I looks suppose, like a person, just with a face. So when you look at it, it looks like but, a person, and it has very basic mm-hmm. skills. <laughs> I, I would be happy shooting it. Bad design, but I think it's still disposable. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about someone who's in a coma for and isn't? I just think cloning starts to push the edges of the grey area up. Mm. Uh, And you start to find that you have to make decisions you didn't have to make before. There's a couple of points I want to bring in here just to to tie those two together. With someone that is unconscious, they were previously labelled as some sort of sentient being, some Mm. sort of like they have their own consciousness, their own self-determination and that sort of thing. Whereas coming from the other direction, and and I see like where is that line, where it gets crossed... um, because I think we have a lot of respect for dead people, for instance. Yeah. Once somebody yeah. is a corpse, you, you treat them very respectfully. You don't just go, this is a chair. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to... Because it's not. It's something that has the essence of a person associated with it. So let me ask you with the clone. You said, so when someone dies, what about... At what point does that clone become someone? Because you're putting in that's those autonomous tasks. That's, and that's it's like, the sort of question I'm asking. Yeah. At what point do we cross this imagined line between mm. non-person and person? 
Because I think when somebody dies, you still consider them a person, mm-hmm. a person who is no longer alive, but nevertheless. Mm-hmm. At what point does a cloned part, a cloned artificial hip, versus a complete conscious person, at what point is like, that line drawn I can, I can speak to this because, like, um, like you, you guys probably know I've had um, two people die, like, really close to me just recently. Um, but, like, in terms of... Um, no, no. In, in terms of like um, the bo- um, bodies being cons- uh, being con- have, being afforded uh, respect and everything, it's uh, I think it's because um, like they were. We might stop the coffee moving. No, that. okay, stop the coffee. Okay, cool. <laughs> so that's what I was pointing at. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Um, so, so basically, the, um, it, it's it's the memories of the people that are sort of left behind. So essentially, functionally, they can't they can't really do anything anymore. But like um, it's it's that's what they they used to be able to walk around. They used to hang out with them um, using that vessel. Um, that, you know, there's a lot of there. There's it's basically the emotion of the people that are left behind. It's um so that's what they're trying. Uh, the reason why they afford that shell that that respect is because of that. It's because of that memory. That's why we say. Yeah. You know, like so you're saying you should respect them because of the people. That those memories were affected by not the actual. I, yeah, that too. And, uh, but I'm also I'm also saying that the people, uh, people also respect it. The people themselves um, respect it, uh, respect things because um, that's that's where they. Uh, I don't know how other people sort of think, but that's certainly um, that, that's certainly how I think. So uh, basically, you're overlaying value. Do something because a whole bunch of people. Are. It's 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 kind of um, uh, well. I, I hope no. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 a bit a bit of a difficult topic for me at the moment. But um, sorry it, to bring up a difficult topic. No, no, that, that's uh, look, that's what this whole thing is about. Uh, <laughs> and it's like there's um, Dr. Fraser there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but it, it's uh, it, it's a bit hard. Um, Oh, well, of, of of course it's a it, of course it's a little bit hard, but um, uh, but uh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I'll move the topic slightly sideways <laughs> to say I think from a medical perspective, if we talk about it medically, some people have ethical issues with with a lot of this stuff irrelevant of cloning that respecting people's bodies and how you treat them when they're a patient or whatever it is, that that means that a lot of medical research depends on, say, animals to test things on because they don't want to test things on people. And to what extent, if we're willing to say people are more important than animals for medical testing, at what point are we going to say people are more important than cloned people and are they more or less important than animals for testing? Well, they're more useful for testing. The scientist in you would say... You know, if you're going to poke something in the eye a hundred times with mascara and see what it affects, it's going to be more useful to find out from a human eye than a rabbit's eye because I'm not a rabbit. And but but is, ethically, is this, um, so, but, but are these uh, are these clones still shells? This is where the let's say you've got grey area lies. So if we just clone the human eye and poke it a hundred times and it doesn't respond in quite the same way as if it has a nervous system okay well let's clone it with a nervous system but then we're not seeing the behavioral impact so let's clone it with some sort of behavioral element at what point are we ending up with consciousness then mm. I, I wonder if we could just like uh, jump over that as well completely and just say what if we could simulate all this in a computer completely perfectly and um, <laughs> it comes to simulation. That's just it. In order to replicate something so perfectly like that, you would need, I would think, almost a, like a pretty sophisticated programming or like knowledge on the. You know what that takes me to? Like, once you can program the whole com- human brain so that it can actually replicate, couldn't you solve a whole lot of problems in just the human brain? Because yeah. you understand it that well. Yeah, run debuggers. Yeah, a self debugger. Scared of spiders? Just let me zip. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose being scared. Uh, I suppose. What point do you consider one thing a bug or a survival instinct? Some instincts are not. 
terribly so boring. What I'm saying right is, now. when they get off the plane to Australia, they install fear of spiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Australia, yeah. The doors. Yeah. So in that case, are you just all okay? Huh? So to bring back the cloning thing from earlier with Star Wars and the clones and so on, you're talking about people self-determining that they want to be afraid of spiders anymore or something like that. Whereas with the clones, they've been pre-programmed with certain attributes to want to fight and so on. I guess I'm saying once you're good enough to clone it, you have to understand it to a level that Mm -hmm. you could take it back the other way. Mm. So basically it's like uh, self-programs that can write its own code. And that's essentially what we are, I think. Mm. Um, okay. And um, if you can do it more efficiently, why, why the hell not? <laughs> Actually, the, the, the hypnosis course, some, some of you might know that I went to a hypnosis course recently, and the guy was saying how he was eating too much sushi. So, um, and he was wasting a, a lot of money every time you were going out, a lot of sushi, a lot of sushi. So he programmed, programmed himself using NLP, not natural language processing, <laughs> neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and he basically just gave him the idea that he doesn't like sushi but then at one point like years later that there was only one restaurant out and there was a sushi sushi restaurant so he programmed himself to enable that feeling of liking sushi again before that he was repulsed because he programmed himself so he turned it back on ate sushi but then he was afraid that he'll continue eating sushi so he turned it back off again so I thought that was pretty cool and there's something you can I guess some people if you're proficient enough or you believe that enough can do that already but um, I love dogs Sorry? Half loves dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. So it, it'd, be, it'd be really nice. And I guess to some extent we can do this right now. But mm-hmm. It's not obvious how to what extent, though. It kind of gives me a thought of an application on a computer being given the rights to reprogram the operating system a bit to do other things and then just going back and running the application again. Yeah, yeah, self-modifying code, essentially. But that brings up a whole new question of rights, which mm-hmm. is then to what extent does society have the right to program people who are antisocial in some way like can we say you're a pedophile i have the right to program you not to be mm. okay that's, well, that's what society's about dictation you're spending too much of the taxpayers dollars i have the right to reprogram you not to do that mm. or i have the right to program you to force you to get a job mm. or vote a particular way or like if you can program people mm. Mm. Let's hope it's pretty hard to do so, not something so much. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, you can always program Don't folks watch then. advertising. <laughs> it really programs your brain. Well, I suppose in a cr- criminal sense, and not just a petty thing that... Um, but, like, if someone actually has a problem, as you said, with a pedophile, I suppose that makes sense. But then when you say... Um, but then your next example, I forget what exactly it was. The next one was... Example. Yeah, it, it was like work or like um, oh yeah, like inverted direction. To that you're spending direction tax, I think. Yeah. You said. Mm-hmm. And I think that's on the other side of the line. So um, somewhere between there, I think, is where the. But who line decides is. where the line is? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm happy to go it. through like legislation. Sure. So like the you know, people in Parliament make these laws and then implemented by judges. And, yeah. <laughs> I think you yeah, have a certain know. right to be able to modify your own brain, personality, physical attributes, like getting a piercing or something like that within reason. But then I guess at what point are you changing your own consciousness so that you're no longer identifiable as the person that you were before? Are you then sort of... I think one interesting point is there is a supervisor that makes these decisions. So if you there's a, there's a higher level that said, okay, I want to stop eating sushi. Mm. Um, and that higher level allowed something else to come in and change it. It's almost... There's a lot, lot of trust yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's... Uh, so I guess you need to have a supervisor and I guess that supervisor in any one slice of time is that determining factor, I would imagine. If you really have that level of power to change yourself, Mm. I think then another question comes up that say, what about a teenager Mm. who wants to change themselves and their parents don't? Have to get to a legal age, like drinking (laughs) and tattoos. (laughs) But I guess, Mm. I mean... There's not a legal age for when you can have kids. You just go out and do it. Would this yeah. be the same? Interesting uh, if, if you don't need some sort of medical professional, if you can just use some programming technique you learn for your own brain, because we understand our brains enough to be able to do that, mm. you don't mm. actually need legal... I think there's a difference between um, like reducing your 
appetite for sushi and things like that, which can change through deep meditation and things like that as well. Um, the reactiveness of yourself and things like that, compared to adding attributes to you that will enhance or change you in such a way that's not like the not eating sushi thing is more of a negative thing it's sort of a suppressant but whereas can we talk about legal stuff about clones as well which is to say if you have to be 18 to legally x y and z do we think clones who are cloning an adult would then have to wait 18 years from the date they were cloned to have rights as an adult Uh, well I say for well for the purpose of say drinking that's because of brain development for the purpose of say tattoos and how not necessarily intelligent but mature you are I suppose it depends on how if you're bred in to be mature I guess there's a couple of examples with the brain development where a child can execute certain sorry certain actions like say lying and telling stories and other things like that like I think it's around five six or seven and then the brain develops so on after until a period of I think up until twenty five but then there's enough that's they're considered to be enough of an adult at eighteen or twenty one depending on where you are um, so I think it's measured on we've put these age restrictions in based on what we understand of the biological development time period as an average scale. Um, I think that would have to change with cloning because you'd have to look at brain development from the point of switching it on. Yeah. <laughs> switching him or her on if you want to go, well, this person is a person. Oh, you've got to consider the other, about, um, say, other, other yeah. genders as well. Data as an example. <laughs> I think in Star Trek, data mm-hmm. is exists as an adult. Mm-hmm. But, but he's only like two years old. He's only a few years old, yeah. yeah. But within that time, he's apparently won all these award medals and all this mm. sort of mm. amazing bravery. But his judgment is regularly portrayed as being childlike because he hasn't got the experience to draw on mm-hmm. to have developed better judgment. I mean, we've all had certain things happen to us throughout our lives that influence our ability to make a more cautious decision mm-hmm. than we would have at a younger age without having a, a full understanding of the risks. Yep. Would clones then have a lack of judgment? Well, I guess it really depends. Um, I, I think um, so, so that's basically the main thing, right? Like um, the reason why we have these age restrictions is because um, we think that people of a certain thing, uh, like of a certain age, are not able to, um, like, like are not able to freely decide in a proper, uh, proper way. So um, I think, like, if um, if whatever entity we're talking about has that capacity. Um, then yeah, why not? So, but we'll have to develop um, slightly more sophisticated ways of determining whether something has, you know, the requisite judgment to be able to do it properly. Mm-hmm. So, like, obvious, like you know, the age limit is a really simple thing because we're all human, and um, we have we develop, like, you know, re- relatively the same. Um, in t- um, but like, if we're talking about other species, or like, you know, and I consider data to be. Um, uh, a life form. <laughs> but even dogs. But like, dogs are considered adult much earlier than humans are. Yes, but, but they can't. But then they're no, adult. No, no, but I just, mean, <laughs> yeah. I just mean the way you treat a dog as a puppy versus yep. as an adult, mm. we all accept that they look like an adult sooner, so we treat them like an adult sooner. Mm. I think a lot of human behaviour is based on what you see. Mm-hmm. But that's my point. Uh, data's not human. So he would like to be human, but he's not. But then the so it's one to have the mental capacity and processing power and the it's ability to take in things in your environment. But then you have a certain level of experience dealing with the world around you. Yeah, but you're assuming that um, that that kind of judgment, um, that that kind of ex- uh, your ex- uh, data's experience actually well, it does by the way. Mm-hmm. But like um you know the, the experience of um, what do you call this um what do you call data like an artificial life form. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience of that kind of being is related to how much time it's lived, right? Like, let's say, like a super, super ultra mega supercomputer thing, you just switch it on, and if it's able to simulate every single, uh, you know, every single thing that's happened in history and the experiences of like a million people, even though it's like only one second old, it's already got. To that's super true, but. 
the way it's making decisions is by using the specific combination of resources it's given. And if it's a supercomputer that can access every piece of history, it's still making the decisions one at a time. And every time it makes a decision... Oh, I didn't know it's making one it's at a time. Pre- it's like super parallel. Okay, well, it's making them one day at a time. So it spends a day making decisions however it does, and then it spends the next day. Well, on the second day, its judgment has the experience of the previous day's decision-making. So it's kind of like exponential how, growth kind of thing. How it's used the resources it has to make the most successful decisions. I think any kind of being still would have to develop over time a sense of judgment based on its experience of existing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess the question is, at what point do you allow something free reign to be able to decide things? Uh, so that's that's a bit hard. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, because, um, like, it doesn't, there shouldn't be an upper ceiling of um, how good a judgment you can make, but like when you're doing these things, should, like we're saying that there should be a minimum, right? Mm. So yeah. I think we have to change the scale a bit from, okay, so we're not going to have the age one because it's from a biological development yeah. from scratch. It's now going to be a claim thing where it's like, well, you have to have so much life experience of a year or a week or something like that to be able to do something like that. Do you want to impose something like that? And even then, it's really hard. If all they do is spend time in the lab, but they yeah. could be around for years and have very little experience. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, so maybe there should be a, a unit of measurement called life experience. Oh, XP. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Have to be at least yeah. level five to drink. <laughs> oh, was that um, up? Speaking of leveling up, uh, did we level up just now? Uh, yes, we probably got episode two down pat. Um, do you guys want to wrap up? Any other final points? Can you cut out that bit with a gay bar? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we can keep referencing it. Everybody will be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> ah, the censored part. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I sh- um, if anyone's sort of listening, uh, um, so my, my brother was gay and like I uh, have a lot of gay friends because of him, so... I, I'm, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just trying to do stuff. I was just trying to make a comparison. <laughs> I was trying to make a comparison. He was just reminiscing was, about that time. So you're trying to make an example about environments and being placed in an environment that you're not yes, supposed yes, to be in. Yes, the shark thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> so who was so the shark? So acknowledged. <laughs> Gay shark? What? <laughs> cool. So uh, I guess this should wrap up the podcast. Um, what do we do now? I guess we've covered a few interesting points around the teleporting aspect, around um, the rights about a conscious being, at what point they become self-determining and are, are actually conscious. Um, a few other definitions that have really come about asking what is cloning, to what level is cloning, and at what point do they become a human? Or yeah. at what point do we consider them to be a human being versus not, and then what purposes can we use them for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that we didn't mention that I guess is food for thought is what would you allow to be done with your own child? Mm. Say what? I think that is interesting, food for thought. And what would you allow done to yourself versus what would you allow done to your child? Mm. I think would be an interesting comparison because I know I would have very different feelings about one versus the other. I'd be much more protective of my kid than I mm. would of my own self. Mm. And I think that's, that's evidenced by people often that that's the case. We always hear stories about parents that are um, encouraging or just about forcing their children into sports or other you know, musical um, endeavours and stuff. Like, will we allow parents to instill uh, better skills into their children? Is that, is that uncool? Well, I think they're the initial teachers anyway. Um, and I suppose whether they're good teachers or not is can be off a question but I, I think they need to get it from somewhere and, mm. or you're going to let someone else look after their kids and and then now you got to hire someone else to bring them up and teach them from birth and the parents get kids so I, I think there's little choice in the matter and I think let the parents do what while their child is young and naive or let them let the parents guide them yeah when they don't have enough XP yeah <laughs> how much time do we have left uh, we have plenty, but we probably should wrap yeah. up the podcast because an hour is probably the right time. I guess I was yeah. just thinking, did we want each person to have a summer for what they've learned? From yes, the so yeah, we can do that. What about um, <laughs> put everyone on the spot? Yeah, <laughs> Matt, oh, I've already had my final thing, so like, I'll, I'll just go ahead. 
and like, yeah, I, I thought we were doing final thoughts. Uh, okay, so I'll do mine, I guess. Uh, final thoughts. Um, uh, cloning is very much an unexplored territory, especially in terms of the legal framework. And uh, just a point I'd like to make is uh, the legal framework is always playing catch up to our moral standards, and moral standards are kind of also playing catch up to what society is currently expecting. So I think there's there's always going to be that transitive follow-on aspect. Um, I don't I don't imagine that we ha- will have uh, you know the right answers as we go along. I think it's more of a heuristic search that we keep going forward. And uh, I don't see an endpoint to any of this. I just think it'll keep going for ages and ages. Um, yeah. So I thought that would be my concluding remark, Michael. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a very grey area and given time it would soon clear itself out. Um, Yeah, in terms of its benefits, it's clear medically if you were to clone just parts, but um, whether you want to clone sentience for medical purposes is very grey. And of course, whether you want to clone sentience at all for whatever purpose, Mm. it's um, very grey. Why not just, um, just have a normal child anyway? Um, why not make a robot instead of a clone? What benefits are there? But um, it's definitely a grey area there. But I think cloning non-sentient things will be will have more benefits over cloning sentience. Yeah, I'd agree with that actually a lot. Um, I don't see the need for cloning, like a complete consciousness of someone else, um, and the ethics is far too um, convoluted. convoluted really uh, I don't think anyone mm. on earth has really grown up enough to mm. play around with some of these ideas um, that's about it there was a lot of interesting little side routes we could have gone down yeah. and did go down but um, yeah that's it Yeah, I guess my final thought would be a follow on from Arun's comment about morals always being on the catch-up to the latest technology. I think that cloning is an exciting technology that has the potential to make wonderful things in the world if you can remove the need for organ donation and stuff because you can really solve some of these problems for people. That would be wonderful. But it will be an interesting trip to see how morals change with that. I was just noticing on Kickstarter the other day uh, this totally tasteless and somewhat hilarious Kickstarter for underpants for women about that they just wear the day they have their period. They're really gross (laughs) and really tasteless. And I think in the 50s they would have been so offensive that people would have thrown that out and instead they've got thousands of dollars. And it's a reflection on the fact that morals do change over time, that new generations have new attitudes towards some of this stuff and things that were considered immoral are now considered humdrum in every day. Mm. So how will cloning as a technology see that trend evolve again to the next generation of our children and what are they going to be seeing as acceptable? It'll be interesting. Frighteningly exciting. Well, there goes my point. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, that was a good one. Um, I guess my thought you was... You want some of those panties, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Um... I guess overall, so with the intergenerational change and so on, starting with what you know and what you're experiencing around you and then moving forward with where you're going to go in the future, I guess once you have the technology available, then that's not not something that you can easily undo. So I guess from a point of we've had um, like IVF and then we've had other medical advances and then other technologies coming over the years and then we've been progressing forward having this as our moral standpoint ground whereas 1500 years ago our moral standpoint would have been somewhere else and thinking that time well now we've done a huge shift in 200 years time um, so someone who were to for instance be turned off in a shell and turned on again in 200 years time or something like that would have a significantly different outlook on life because of the experiences that have happened there. and I think part of the cloning aspect is well can you really clone that experience with it mm. just a quick point I think mm. people have experienced that right now people have gone to prison mm. yeah. come out like 30 yeah. years later it's like what is this like everyone's driving different cars mm. and using smartphones yeah, yeah. Um, I'd close on sort of a question if that's right um, 
if we're able to clone people or uh, influence our behaviours and you know customise ourselves, if we're able to do all of these things, will that lead to the end of evolution for mankind? Well, that would I'd say that's um, self-driven evolution. Yeah, so it's the end of natural evolution. Yeah, for us. Anyway. Or would we all just choose to be like super good looking and healthy? <laughs> but the, the are gonna change. <laughs> like, like for me, for example, Quite I want, the I first want time jet engines that, and wings. And as soon as you know, <laughs> you know heal most birth defects <laughs> and even people who are unhealthy still reproduce. I think, but that's an inevitable point we're going to reach with or without cloning because medical science continues to advance and things that perhaps would be bred out of a species. Yeah, but there are other aspects to evolution, like um, behaviours that are, are likely to, you know, more likely to make you survive in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And even it can be um, beneficial to have people survive in one situation but not in another. You know, you have a catastrophic event and half the population is mm-hmm. suited to survive. And so the good eugenics. A good example of that is like pain. If you could get rid of pain, yeah, it'll be. Wow, but you can't. You won't survive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You won't know when you get. But will people <laughs> no longer die if you can just clone them and? No, um, them. Yeah, that's one one of the things that I'm sort of thinking about. Like, um, kind of like the same lines that John was thinking about. Because, um, like, let's say in the Matrix, um, like everyone, like computer programs, they live forever, right? And um, there was a situation where someone could actually transport themselves to another person, override override that person's memory, and just take over his hardware, and then exist outside in the world. So I'm thinking of this situation like that, basically replicating consciousness to that microphone there, or that chair, or that TV, or like um, something with jet engines, you know, be like just be a floating spirit. I don't. I don't. Know. <laughs> Oh, it's interesting final thought. <laughs> <laughs>